York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. This is Jay Ellis for the Nick of Time Show. Here, giving you that next talk, just the Nick of Time. And it's time to celebrate a Knicks win. Not just a Knicks win, but a statement win. Yes, right. The mid three go on a two game mini winning streak and take out the Cavs and the Celtics back to back so you know what i'm gonna do i'm getting the guns out and i'm busting them in the sky next beat the celtics 120 to 117 julius randall played like a man possessed by the spirit of kobe all right 37 points nine rebounds two assists for julius randall my man Jalen brunson came in with 29 points seven assists and four rebounds put the respect on these guys man. emmanuel quickly y'all wanted him traded two games into the preseason y'all wanted to move him on one week into the season he's not a point guard he's not this he's not that i don't care that man is a baller he gives you 17 points five rebounds and assists on the night Knicks win the points off turnover battle, 22 to 19. They get stops. They hit clutch free throws and they beat the Celtics in Boston. I'm hyped, if you can tell. OD hyped. Put some respect on our team's name and we're going to talk about it all, right? But before we talk about it, Shout out to FUBU TV. If you're going to watch the Knicks for free for seven days on MSG, go to FUBUTV.com. You don't even have to have a subscription. All right. It'll be there for seven days. But if you decide to buy it, we you get a little bit of cut. You'll help us out. You actually get to watch the Knicks and other cable channels for free. And you can end the subscription whenever you want to. So shout out to FUBU tv now let me introduce you to my guys first and foremost is the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts right he's in the building you know what after the last game against the Cavs, i was like all right you know we just broke a four game winning streak i mean a four game losing streak back on the winning side i wasn't going to wild out but then they beat the celtics after they beat the Cavs the other night and you know what? Yeah, we back outside. We back outside. Uh, back outside in this. Uh, uh, uh. I'm not going to curse because YouTube is really demonetizing people for cursing. All right. <laughs> Lee. I forgot my bad. My bad. I, no, I did not mean to disrespect you, Lee. I got to put the accolades out there first. Okay. Mr. ESPN contributor, Mr. Posting and Toasting contributor, Mr. SNY contributor, the Latin assassin, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? What's up, brothers? Y'all know who's outside? Tom Thibodeau's outside! <laughs> what? Oh! <laughs> 
My boy Tom Thibodeau, Big Tibbs in the building, the Garden Gnome on deck, MSG's giant in the building, got the dub. I got a lot to say tonight, and none of it involves firing Tom Thibodeau. None of it. None of it. I got a lot to say. Also want to say, for your anniversary, RIP Beam, being RIP Mamba, RIP Kobe Bryant, the reason I got into basketball was in the toughest period of my entire life. When I found Kobe Bryant in basketball, and I thank him for giving that to me. I always love Kobe Bryant, my favorite player of all time. R.I.P. Mamba to, to you and your daughter. Much love to the Bryant family. Much love, much love. And peace to Lee. I, I almost thought there was a hot take coming and he was going to say we should extend Tom Thibodeau for four more years. I don't that off. No, Cut that mic. He's going. Okay. <laughs> Damn. I'm just kidding, guys. Jeez, I'm just kidding. Oh man, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off by saying this. I told you about how teams, when they're young and they're starting to brew, they have to learn to close. And we've been in this closing situation so many times and it wasn't perfect, mind you. I still feel like some there's certain things I want to change, but I also saw some good things as well. Um, but one thing I want to do is I, I need to give Randall the utmost biggest props today because I've often talked about how Randall is a basket case in the clutch and you know what he had one turnover to grimes that might have been costly but before that turnover with the games on the line he was hitting three he got to two tough contested middies with shot clocks going down and he just he just had a sense of what the team needed i even saw a play i don't remember i still don't remember it's the fourth quarter or overtime when brunson was going to the hole and randall was like shadowing behind them just anticipating where the ball would go off the rim if he missed and then got the ball and got us another possession and i'm just like this randall is locked in mentally on another level that i haven't seen before and i thought his ceiling was something but now i'm gonna have to go to my race board about his ceiling and and then just erase everything i knew and go just put a question mark there and go huh can randall get better from last year to next year did he learn something new i i don't know man i i'm just giving ultimate props to julius randall for how he closed the game and there's other reasons why I want to give him props too, because uh, his massive first quarter that even kept us in the game when we were floundering was phenomenal. Um, the wherewithal to just go to the rim and dunk on people with frustration, realizing these doors can't hold you. Al Holford has no reason he cannot guard your nutsack past three-point line. I'm blowing by you and dunking it on your face. And he's done that a few times. He just seems like he's freaking evolving like a damn Pokemon in front of our eyes. I got Randall, man, you you got it, bro. <laughs> you you got it. You shout out to Julius Randall, man. Ultimate shout out. Go ahead, Lee. 
What y'all know about MVP candidate Julius Randle? Let's go! It's the sunshine boy from a Let's go. Hey, man, I'm wearing my South Dallas finest shirt tonight. I don't know if y'all can see that. Randle's not from South Dallas. He's from North Dallas. But a Dallas boy is a Dallas boy. That's my main man. Happy to sign that apology letter. I mean, hell, it'll come from my own stationery. Leah Stabito on the top. I fully apologize for disrespecting your name. From this this point on, as long as you stay mental, I would not disrespect the name anymore as you are playing with a true MVP candidate on all levels. Passing, rebounding, defense, scoring, leadership, everything, man. It's still from time to time. He goes into ISO mode. Mm-hmm. But damn it, when he has a, a weak defender on him or someone he knows he didn't cook, at this point, let him cook. Damn. Let him cook. Like, if there's anyone on this team that's going to go ISO, I prefer it to be Julius Randle more than Brunson or RJ or anybody else. It's just a guy that's a win tonight. And his leadership was really the what, what propelled us, both offensively and defensively, the effort he gave on defense. I loved it. When he's playing like that, I'm ready to buy me a jersey, bro. I'm like, I trade my Obi and RJ for, for a Randall jersey. <laughs> damn, man. I, I, got, I got a rep here in Dallas, man. I, I'm really happy. It's, it's nice to have a play for my home city that's playing really well on my favorite team. And Julius Randle's that guy right now, man. Much love. I, the All-Star, sure. I want that All-NBA. Get my man back on the All-NBA list. Sure. That's the one that really matters. For sure. For, for sure. Our playing his original All-NBA season definitely deserves it this year. No questions asked. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so I think my, I think my thoughts on the game are probably a little bit different, but still, you know, overall – positive so the Knicks got off to a rough start and Julius Randle his play in the first quarter is definitely what kept the Knicks close yeah. and got the Knicks back into the game because he was going off in the first quarter and he and he also went off in the third quarter as well you know third quarter is historically a bad quarter for the Knicks but Julius Randle was going off in that third quarter which helped the Knicks to you know get the lead and continue to push the lead um in the fourth quarter now Yes, Julius Randle was going off, but then the Knicks got stagnant towards the end of the fourth quarter, and, like, Celtics turned up their defense. Randle couldn't really get anything going. Brunson couldn't, get, couldn't really get anything going. And then you saw Tatum on the other side start knocking in big shots. Mm-hmm. And, then right, and right then and there, it was like, that's when you knew, like, you see, even though we have Randle and Brunson playing good for us, the Knicks still need another star because you need that guy in the clutch that can really knock down shots. You know, the Knicks, and Knicks needed that towards the end of the fourth quarter when the Celtics were coming back. Now, going into overtime, you see? Well, we call RJ the bod mug, right? No. <laughs> Man. Heck you make plays, you, you earn that nickname. And Mike got hit the big three to give the Knicks the one-point lead and then he knocked down the two clutch free throws at the end of the game to seal the game for the Knicks mm-hmm. on top of that. And I'm telling you, man, like, when I saw Jalen Brown at the line and he missed that first free throw, I looked that man in his eye. I was like, Fear. yeah, he gonna miss I was like, yo, he nervous. He's going to miss that second free throw. I, I saw it all the way. I was like, yo, he nervous. He's going to miss that second free throw. And he missed. <laughs> and then on top of that, that man, Julius Randle, was smiling. Mm. Had a Side to side. <laughs> Let's but, go. Oh, man. Brown, but, but, 
I'm sorry. Devil horns, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Overall, though, Julius Schreiner had a big game tonight. Got to give him his props. And I do not want to forget these guys, too. Because on a consistent basis, when these guys are on the court together, they wreak havoc on a defensive end. Quickly and McBride were excellent on defense tonight. Again, Absolutely. when they were on the court together. Excellent defense from those guys. So I have to give them their props as well. And I think overall the bench played really good. I mean, the bench was in a positive plus minus, including R.J. Barrett, because R.J. Barrett played a lot of his minutes with the second unit. So the second unit was part of the reason why the Knicks even got the lead to begin with and got back into the game. So you have to give oh, the yes. second unit their props as well. But, yes, big up the Badman, R.J. Barrett, and big up Julius Randle. And big up- Is that the last part again? No, I said big up Brunson too because he had a pretty good game as well. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. He had a lot. You said a lot. There's a lot to address there. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot to address. Out hot. Rock and scissors. Who wants to go first? You or Lily? You want to say that? <laughs> um, uh, let's, let's wait on Brunson. I got a lot to say about Jalen Brunson tonight. Um, I got one negative on tips. Just one. We won the game. I just want to say this. Because I think it's important to know. I try real hard to be balanced on mm-hmm. everybody that we're talking about tonight. Right. Obi Toppin played 10 minutes in the first half. I tweet out, all right, my man, actually playing Obi, not pulling him when the bench actually came in. Right, Bob right, D right. tonight came in, got the lead, maintained it. In the second half, he only played six minutes. What's up with that? Like Obi was actually playing really well. He had good energy. The bot store wasn't nothing flashy, but he had good energy out there disrupting the flow of a game for Boston and, and playing good chemistry with the rest of the bench guys, that that hasn't been the case since he came back from injury. I wanted to see more minutes of Toppin just to let him get the experience of a very competitive, close game. I wanted him in the midst of that, to, to get those reps with the guys that he was playing alongside. I wish that's the only thing I, I wanted to see more of. Besides that, oh, and when he put RJ back in in the fourth quarter, I was like, here we go again. But <laughs> hey, man, RJ Barrett hit that clutch three. I had so much lined up, so much animosity towards R.J. Barrett lined up tonight that I'm so happy I didn't take out of a chamber and put those bullets back in my closet. Because, man, when he hit that three, I was like, everything I didn't think would happen. I saw Brunson block. I saw Julius Randle passing. I saw good coaching by Tom Thibodeau. I saw R.J. Barrett hit a clutch three and and clutch free throws. Super important. Damn, man. I was really – this is – the best win of the season. This is just me talking. Best win of the season. Best win. I would go for – this was the best win of the Tom Thibodeau era. This is my favorite regular season game win since he's been the head coach of his team. This was against the best team in the NBA, a division rival, at almost full strength. They didn't have Marcus Smart. Screw all that. I, we don't have Mitch. They had their two stars. Yeah. And we have been playing great basketball as of late, but we were gritty – and we won on effort. We went on team chemistry. We went on heart. Like, I love those kind of wins. And all the things I didn't expect to see, I saw in the last two minutes. Man, we didn't choke this game away. We almost did, but we didn't. And that's mad props. Matt, super props. You said a lot. You said a mouthful for sure. You said a mouthful for sure. And I see the super tracks. I want to get to them. But I got so much to say based off what everything else, because when you start saying stuff, I start listening stuff in the back of my head. It's like, I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. 
Ryan let, let off her mouth a, 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 a full clip. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Fool, y'all. See you in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Glamour Nicks, my real fake cousin, Winston Ellis, Gregory Lee. Shout out to Samir Sariano, Roberto Rivera Jr., Fritz Alessandor, best mod in the game, Stephadon, everybody, everybody. All right, let's get to it. Brunson. Oh. Right? The good and the bad of Brunson and a little bit of criticism from Tom Thibodeau. Okay? Here's the thing. Right now, we're still a little bit over-reliant on the ISOs in the fourth quarter. Shout out to Uncle Fulio who, who, shouted, who said this in the chat. And Usually what's been happening is they'll trap Brunson at the end of the game scenarios, or they'll just put a lot of length on him, take him out of his rhythm, and it disrupts the offense immensely. And it kind of happened. And what I'm seeing a lot of is we go straight to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle uh, screening roll with those two. But I kind of feel like we have other options here. When you say... You know what? We're going ISO. We don't have another star. I'm sorry. I just watched IQ drop 17 and cook Celtics, cook the Celtics for like a whole quarter by himself. Like, even though we have another option there to handle the ball, get Brunson off the ball, maybe make him a catch and shoot type of guy for a player too. We haven't really just utilized it. You know what I mean? So I don't even think at this point. We just have to bury the offense a little bit in the last fourth quarter. And if there is a critique, it is we're still become we're still a little bit too predictable just running uh screen and roll with Brunson and Randall in the in the fourth quarter. Now I what I'll add to that is I did notice that Brunson seeing what was happening. And he made a concerted effort two times, two or three times to get into the paint, find Quentin Grimes, who's supposed to be, you know, our best three-point shooter, and have him set up for wide open three-point shots with the game on the line. Set him up two or three times in an overtime and in the fourth quarter, Grimes had to look, didn't knock him down. So when I see stuff like that, I'm like, all right, K. I think they're starting to learn a little bit and implement other stuff. And there goes Ryan G. All right. <laughs> Bruh. Bro, you we, we need we need to fix Ryan G's computer, bro. This is let's crazy. have a fundraiser. We need a fundraiser. We need a GoFundMe for Ryan G's computer. <laughs> like this is real. I'll contribute. Because listen, we have an interview trying to line up. That's a, and we don't need <laughs> don't that happening again. again. The Ian part two. We don't need to have it again. I'm just telling you, we're trying to line up an interview, and it's looking like it might be lined, and it can't happen again. (laughs) 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 Lost lost my whole train of thought. (laughs) Oh man, let me. I'm sorry, Lee. Let me we take off the name tag so they don't think you rhymed you. All right, it's all good. I'm a Brunson. Yeah. But like I said, um, I I commend Thibodeau for leaving OB in in that first half, and I commend Brunson 
or Thibodeau or whoever came with up with that to actually try to vary the offense a little bit and involve Grimes getting wide open looks for three. But I still feel like we can do a lot more in the fourth quarter um, to vary the offense. But at the end of the day, the experience of just being in that scenario multiple times definitely helped us pull out this win because we were cool, cool as a cucumber when it came to the fourth quarter. All right. And I really wish Ryan was here for the next part, but I'll let you res respond to that, Lee, because I want to talk about the bench soon, too. Yeah, man, the, the isolation play. I mean, that's that trust that he has in his top two to three best players for us is Randall Brunson, RJ in Minnesota. It was Jimmy Wiggins and Cat, and then it was Lou Aldane, Boozer, and Rose in Chicago. That's just that. That's what he does. It's. I think he put so much time and effort into steaming defensively that he relies on assistant coaches and his point guard to dictate what happens on offense. He gives him freedom, which is the opposite of a Rick Carlisle, right. you know, who's a very controlling with play calling, Good but point. that, that is detrimental like, to, to, a, to a huge, a, a huge amount. Like, it can really stifle down the offense because the defense begins to start the game. If you're a good coach can start figuring out what you're doing and learn how to steam against it based on substitutions and rotations. Right. Um, you have this tips, but such a short rotation too. It's even easier to steam against because there's no surprises coming off the bench. Uh, and if they are, they're ice cold. Right. So I think that's that's an issue that is never going to be course corrected. It's like ingrained in the 65-year-old man who's been a head coach for 15 years. This is who he is, yeah. and he's not going to evolve from that. You just have to hope the guys we have ISOing get better. Right. Like Brunson becomes a better ISO player. Randall is becoming a better ISO player. RJ Barrett is a horrible, horrible ISO player. So if we're able to either get him to make a huge jump or use him in a package to bring in a better wing you know, if we bring in a Devin Booker or uh, Anthony Edwards, someone who can really cook on an offensive end, then, okay, we're still frustrated to ISO. It's still predictable, but at least you have a top 10, top 12 player in the NBA ISOing opposed to a top 30, top 40. Right. And then when you have those type of guys ISOing in the end of the games, then then you look, then you're good. Then you're good. Um, so I, I feel like we're in the right direction as a team, even though there's a large section of people who've been down the team for a long, for like a month. But I feel like we're still heading in the right direction, which leads me to a conversation about the bench. Okay. Um, part of the reason why I feel like we're heading in the right direction has been the bench and the youth propelling this, right? And not even just this bench. Jericho Sims as well, you know? Be he he's, he's a part of this conversation. We're missing Mitch, our top offensive rebounder, our top defensive anchor, and somehow we've, we've had a huge game from Hartenstein one night and like a 14-rebound game from Sims today. And when you're looking at trajectory of the team and who's contributing to winning, it's R.J. Barrett. I keep saying it over and over again. R.J. Barrett, the Knicks drafted. Mitchell Robinson, the Knicks drafted. Sims, the Knicks drafted at 58. Quickly, he was rated a D. And now everybody wants him, to, you know, 
uh, Ob Toppin, who is 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 kind of the the on the down spiral of the guys because he's not getting the minutes. But then you have Jericho's, and then you have um newcomer in Miles McBride, who's starting to show flashes of aggressiveness and getting brought along slowly. So we have a mid team with a lot of young players contributing to winning, which is very valuable in this league. Nobody on this team is over 30 getting minutes. Everybody's in a twenties. All right. All right. So, uh, so definitely got a shout to this bench led by Emmanuel quickly and everybody who wanted to trade Emmanuel quickly and preseason. I, I remember you. I remember all of you guys. My pops oh. is in the chat. Pops too. Lee's pops too. I remember you, Lee's pops. He's in the chat. Everybody wanted to trade him first week. I remember that. Everybody was like, oh, he's not good enough last year. And I was, I remember that too. Quickly has stepped up. And when, like Ryan G said, quickly, the bench defense came in and punched the Celtics in the mouth. They couldn't get up. They were dazed. They were stunned. Quickly, mid-range assassin, floater, navigating screens. They try to trap him. What did my man do? Float to the right. See McBride in the right corner. Whip or uh, a one-handed pass to him, and McBride collapses the defense. My man is learning and making correct plays, playing defense, setting up his teammates. He's doing everything, dog. He's doing everything. So put some respect on Quickly's name and this bench. My dad just said he loves IQ in the chat. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. My pops Let's is go. outside. Come to the altar, Lee's pops. Come <laughs> to the altar. We had a bunch of come to the altar moments. We had to come to the altar moment when it came to Julius Randle for those who want to get off the Julius Randle hate, hate train. It's time to come to the altar. All of those who hated IQ, Come here now. It's okay. You have this one day pass before you're not allowed to come to the altar anymore. After the door is closed. All right. <laughs> the bench has been great. I'm glad they're getting more minutes than they were. Specifically, my bride, who's a single digit there for a couple of games in a row, and now Tibbs is trusting him a little bit more to be the backup point guard. Well, I mean, he's not sharing responsibilities with IQ. IQ's. I mean, IQ has developed in every facet of the game. His decision-making tonight, especially in the first half, crisp, pristine yes. decision-making. When to pull up, when to go for the three, when to go for the drive, when to pass to a teammate. Dude was playing like high IQ basketball, all pun intended. And his defense is just like, he not only is the best defender in, in on our team, he's what, top 20 plus minus on off in the entire NBA. Crazy. I, I, in my opinion, he deserves consideration for all, all NBA defense 13. He should be on that list. He's I an agree. unbelievable defender. And that's not hyperbole. That's like facts. If you watch basketball and you watch and it's consistently, you can see on the perimeter he is our best defender and has become that. It's like there's no argument with the Knit fans who the best perimeter defender is. It's IQ. And he even guards guys. He's too small to be guarding, and he still locks him up in, in crunch time moments. So I love him. I think once Sims is back on the bench, that kind of solidifies our mid rotation a little bit more. We'll have Mitch there in his starting lineup and, and tips and choose between OB Sims and Hartenstein, depending on the, the situational lineups. I think he's usually going to go with Hartenstein, but you know, politics and MSG. 
but it does give us a little bit more depth there. We can play 10-man rotation uh, when the game calls for it, but we still need one more microwave, I think, at a three, a backup three for RJ. Someone like a Gary Trent Jr. we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, or if we did OG and Grimes moves to the bench, someone to really fill a, a long athletic wing off the bench that can give us between 10 and 16 points a game. Then in the playoffs, we're really cooking. I feel you. I'm, I'm still challenging you. I, Grimes might have something to say about IQ, but I get the sentiment with the plus minus and stuff. There's still certain things where it, when it's bigger guards, it's still a little bit of a problem with IQ. I, I have to say that I have to be 100% honest because when he was guarding Jalen Brown a little bit, it, it got a little hairy. But, and I'm an IQ hive. I, I'm an IQ hive. But he's still a phenomenal defender all around. And even when he's outmatched a lot, he finds a way to kind of even the score somehow with his activity level, his, his basketball IQ, <laughs> or, or positioning. So I. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't know if you want to say anything, Ryan, before I'm, before I get to these super chats and first caller. Well, you know, my computer was tripping as usual, so I didn't miss like a chunk of what y'all said. But I think y'all pretty much said if IQ, like, you know, I pretty much big them up for his defensive play because his defensive play was impeccable tonight, along with Big Brad in the backcourt. And, you know, like you guys said, on offense, you know, he's definitely you know, his decision-making has definitely improved. He's taking better shots. You know, he's picking his spots better. You know, he's not just forcing up long threes like he used to do in the past. Like, you know, IQ's really grown, and he's definitely become one of the main pieces on this Knicks team. Yeah. Happy having him on the team. Shout out to IQ. Uh, we got a super chat from Alexander, 420. I'll be feeling like you'd be smoking a lot. You'd be giving the 420 a lot of 420 super chats. <laughs> I don't know. All right. He's like, I know weed is legal in New York. I know. I know. I said, you hit 100. Everybody. Oh, you tie 100. My bad. Not you. Okay. Okay. He de- oh, he hit the patois in, in the. <laughs> He's picking up the youth. Picking up the youth. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. <laughs> And we also got another super chat from Samir Sarriano says RJ had a tough game, but came up clutch. Brunson could have moved the ball a little bit more at the end of regulation. Love what I see from Jericho and Deuce. Take that, take that. Good thing, yeah. All right. First caller up. My man, Uncle Fulio. Uncle Fulio, welcome to the welcome to the KOT show, man. Thanks for calling in. What's going on, Jay Ellis? What's going Lee, on, man? Ryan G. Salute to you guys. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, 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 we got you. We got you. We hear you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Salute, man. Yeah, it's my first time calling into the show. Really appreciate what you guys do. Um, I just want to make some comments in regards to uh, this win. Um, first of all, I think, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, recently I've been saying, you know, fire chairs is bringing a new co chair and everything like that. But I think people really underestimate the importance of culture building this this what we've seen from the Knicks tonight even though yeah they won the game but we've been seeing these types of performances throughout the entire season gutsy uh you know really really competitive with some of the best teams in the NBA and you know uh, I tweeted this out earlier you know despite some questionable decision making from the coach or from certain players at the end of games here and there the Knicks are in a lot of these games against some of the top teams in the NBA so I agree for all those who want to fire Tom Thibodeau 
and and you know because of some decision making and things like that, I just want people to understand that what what the Knicks are going through right now is the process of building a culture and getting the right atmosphere in the building. These players are playing hard for him, and you know despite the the tough decisions at the end of the game, the questionable ones, I think that's a good foundation to have that will continue to build until we're ready to take that next step when we get that player in here, that that certain star player to to take us to the next level. With that being said, I think we needed. Um, at the end of regulation, and a lot of these games where you know, we blew it, slow it down the track, I think we need another ball handler out there on the floor, star wing ball handler that you know we thought RJ was going to be, but he's not. He's not that type of player because you know he can't. Uh, you know he's not that great as far as isolation is concerned. He turned into a, an off the ball player at the end of the game, hit a big shot, good for him. But I think we need one more ball handler on the floor at the end of regulation. If there's one thing I would like to see Tips do, um, you know that he could have did tonight was you know bring in quickly. Uh, and the substitution to help uh, us, you know, get another ball handler on the floor because when they double Brunson and they double Randall, bad things seem to be happening at the end of these games, the turnovers and things like that, right? Right. Um, and I understand why Tip could put, couldn't put quickly out there because he ended the third quarter with quickly and started the fourth with quickly for the first, I think, five, six minutes in that uh, fourth quarter before he pulled them, right? So you can't. There's only so much you can do with quickly there. That's the only knock I have on Tom Thibodeau tonight. Um, but again, I just think the Knicks are missing that one star piece, that star wing player to fit right there next to Randall. Randall's going to play this way, and he's got a point guard in Brunson, who, what, he, what he's given us as far as his points, that's extra as far as I'm concerned. What he does for the majority of the game uh, is sufficient enough to get us to the next level. If we have one star player to plug in there at that wing spot, I think that's going to take the team to the next level. So I'm just really excited about the team. I'm excited about uh, how, you know, for the progress that we're making so far as far as, as far as building the culture. And I think the best is yet to come. Knicks fans need to just, you know, take it easy and, and let the Knicks go through these growing pains right now. I think that's going to pay dividends in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good call. Good call, Fulio. We're we going to discuss everything you just said. It sounds like you've listened to the show because you're saying a lot of stuff that we said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jay Ellis, I just, I just wanted to call and I wanted to ask you if you still think that Jalen Brunson is a better isolation player than Julius Brando. We went toe-to-toe on that, on my show, on the controversy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I told enough, you feel the same way about that. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I'll start off with that. If you're looking at Jalen Brunson's career, uh, how he took down uh, the dude who left Utah and joined the Cavs by himself, I saw that game. Did you see that game? You saw that game live? I, I saw that game on Yeah. He, he took down Donovan Mitchell, so I count that as a pretty big stage clutch buckets. Um, and I'll even say, people have short memories. You know what I mean? People, people have really short memories. Julius Randle, he had clutch moments a few years ago when it was COVID Randle. He wasn't good last season. And this season, um, he hasn't been clutch this season with the exception of maybe there was a game where he hit six clutch free throws. Um, the game today, he was very clutch. And then I guess the Cavs game as well, he showed some glimpses. So those games, I would say, you know, we've seen some clutch Randall. But when you're looking at, you know, Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson has showed up more clutch in these last few months in the Knicks, months in the Knicks uniform. The only thing that Jalen Brunson has really been missing is the the clutch go ahead basket? So I understand you hype because Randall did well today, but Randall has to do it a, a few more times for me to say he, he's taking the 
He's taking the trophy away from Jalen Brunson. Well, 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 JL, if, well, uh, the question was about isolation, not clutch. If it's about clutch, and I think Jalen Brunson, even though he didn't have a good uh, end of the game tonight, I mm-hmm. think, you know, you know Jalen Brunson is a better clutch player. The question was about isolation, and that was the, the argument that we were having. In oh, isolation? Jalen Brunson has been a good... Julius... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I just want to say one last thing before, before I let you guys go. Um, I just want to say that in, as regards to isolation, Julius Randle's isolation numbers over the past three seasons or since he's been here the past four seasons, are really good. You know what I mean? Um, and I know a lot of Knicks fans don't like the isolation play because they want to see more of a move basketball style. But Julius Randle, when he goes up against the opposition, he's winning his matchup I'm a sorry. lot. Right? You know, it takes, uh, it takes a, a lot for someone to slow down Julius Randle. That's why we started seeing those double teams and, and forcing Julius Randle to give that ball up, right? So, uh, again, I think that was what the argument was. I still think Brunson is a better, better in the clutch player, even though he didn't do well tonight. I still think he's a better clutch player, but as far as isolation, I think that's all Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle wins that no matter what. Regardless, I still think this team needs one more just star wing player to put in that spot at that three spot. And, and uh, me, I'm a fan of Grimes. I want to keep him in that star lineup. I'd rather move RJ to the bench. I think he's better with that bench unit. That's just my opinion. No shade to him. I just think he's better with it. But we need one star wing player to fit that three spot. And I think this next team is going to go to the next level if we get that player. Appreciate you guys. Jay Ellis, right. Lee, Ryan G. Appreciate what you guys do. Salute to the Nick and Tom show. And I'm out. All right. Shout out to my guy, Controversy. Uh, we have a great show going on this channel. I've, I'm sorry. Brunson is still a better isolation player. He just has been for longer. And the stats, I, I don't have the isolation stats to pull up right now. But at the time when we had that conversation, um, his isolation stats versus Randall's, his was better at that time. And that was like a month ago. So I can't imagine that has changed much since then. So, but I don't know. Or maybe it has because Randall's been on a tear. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I agree. I I do think Brunson is a better isolation player than Randall, even though Randall is good in isolation. But Brunson, I think Brunson's done it more on the bigger stage than Julius Randle has. And even throughout this season, like Julius Randle has been stepping up as of late in isolation, but even so like Brunson has been good at isolation pretty much all season. So, you know, putting, putting, you know, for what I see from my eye test, I do think Brunson is a better player. And I do want to say one more thing in addition to what um, Uncle Fulio said on during this call about Thibs because trust me, I get why people want Thibs fired and want the Knicks to, you know, replace him on the coaching staff or whatever the case may be, maybe bring in a new head coach. But here's the one thing that I kind of stick on as to why this is not really a good time to fire Thibs is because, yeah, I understand Thibs makes a lot of bad decisions. He's not really good with rotations you know, and things of that nature. But I think people forget what the Knicks were before Thibs came to the Knicks. Listen. You know what I mean? People forget that. And Thibs has done, a, and, and then even, like, even, even if you have your gripes about Thibs, you have to admit, for where the Knicks were before he came here to where they are now, Thibs actually has done a good job. And he is, and he is actually installing a culture within this team where this team plays hard every single night. And you have to give him his props for that. 
that, that's all I'm going to say about that. I didn't want to have this conversation about <laughs> firing Tibbs, but yeah, we'll have it. Uh, overall, I agree with almost everything that the call that uh, uh, controversy Uncle Fulio, aka, said, especially the wing part. I, I don't think RJ Barrett's a guy who's going to guide us to the promised land as our starting three. I hope we're able to keep him in a reserve role, but I have a feeling that it, when we finally do make a trade, he's probably going to be involved in that trade along with Obi Toppin, unfortunately. Just thinking about player assets to be moved uh, for a superstar two or three. Uh, so I agree with him there. We, we have every other position solidified. Uh, I think Jalen Brunson is a better isolation player this season. I would take Julius Randle career. I mean, the last couple of seasons, let's say like a three-year sample size, because that's how long he's been in New York. No, four. I think Randall's been a better isolation player during that time in Julius Br- than Jalen Brunson, because Brunson's been growing into that role. He ha- didn't really get a whole lot of isolation sets when he was in Dallas. He was primarily uh, an off-ball uh, player next to Luka Doncic coming off the bench until last season. So he didn't get a whole lot of opportunity. But you know, this year, I would take Jalen Brunson over Randall, but it's real close. Randall's been an unbelievable in isolation sets as well. Tibbs, I, I have been trying a lot recently to give him a lot of props and recognition for turning us from the laughing stock of the NBA under Fisdale and Steve Mills yes. to a very competent, very respected franchise that is expected and anticipated to compete every single night, no matter who the competition is, the Knicks play hard. There, there are some games we just get blown out on the perimeter and we end up losing by 30, but there are very few Fisdale games where from the bat, from the start, there's no effort, we're lackadaisical, we don't play D, and that continues throughout the entire game. Right. Tibbs is usually able at some point, able to course correct. Even though we're 1-13 in, in games that we're trailing at the half, it doesn't always mean we get blown out at the end. We will come back and make it close. We just end up choking in the last couple minutes of a game. But Tibbs has these guys prepared. They're bought in. I think there's been some certain times where guys like Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier and even Obi have checked out, and he's lost them in their ear. But only those guys individually, not collectively the entire team. So I give Tibbs props with that. My thinking is to take the next level, when that superstar player comes, Tibbs is not going to be the coach to get us to a championship win as a tactician, in-game adjuster, and steamer in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. That's just not who he is. He's great. But he has an expiration point, and I believe we've reached that. And I think we could replace him with a better coach and maintain that chemistry and culture that we've had that he instilled. No one else. He instilled, along with Scott Perry and Leon Rose uh, in this team. Yeah, and you already know I've been fighting battles on Twitter. I've been fighting battles against Lee. <laughs> you already know where I stand. We pretty much align a lot with what his strengths and weaknesses are. But at the end of the day, I still feel like it is a bad time to move Tibbs right now when we're trying to build something. And I think Uncle Fulio said it said it best when he said he is a culture setter, not a, not like an X and O's guy. But when you're building a house, you need to start off with the foundation and make sure that's strong. That's the guy you want to start to build your house with is is taste because he's going to teach you the correct way to prepare for a game. He's going to teach you the nuances of defense. He's going to teach you the principles of, of moving the ball and all things of that nature. And he's going to drill that into you until your ears bleed. And if you don't work, you don't work out. So I like that precedent set 
by Tibbs and the front office has done a good job of kind of removing some of these veterans and getting some of these young guys minutes too. So collectively, I feel like we've all done a good job and they all done a good job. And it's just a matter of time. We're rotting Tibbs out for right now. And then when it's time to ascend, hopefully by that time we have either another superstar wing in here or by some miracle RJ evolves like Julius Randle has and we have him do it. But either way, I hope, um, I think that's when it'll be time to move on from tips. And um, and I said this before, I said this before, I said this a while ago, we was getting some heat, we was getting heat on this program for saying it. It was like, we are an elite wing away from really competing. Agreed. And we said that a, like a month ago. That's why I, I said, I, Uncle Fulio, you listen to the show? Cause we, and um, <laughs> we started talking about RJ I was like, man, I was really conflicted. I was like, maybe we should move him. But then at the same time, I've seen certain things in RJ. And we can talk about RJ right now. The one skill that I think that is still untapped that he really needs to get over the hump is the freaking passing, man. We really need a passing wing who can shoot the open three. And what frustrated me, frustrated me about today's game was we started to see that tunnel vision from RJ in that second quarter. What was the first or second quarter? I forgot which quarter it was where I'm watching him just continually go to the mid range and you have OB open for three. You have McBride open for three. And like, that's a part of his brain that just needs to turn on because he's a very capable passer. I feel like he sees when he's looking for it, he sees a lot of passes that other people on our team don't see, but he just chooses not to look for it. And that's what makes it really frustrating. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you're right on, you're right on point with that. You know, RJ, he does need to get to a point where he's more consistent with driving into the paint and kicking it out to open shooters. Like you said, like he, he shows glimpses, like he shows, he has his moments where, you know, he'll drive into the lane and he'll pop it out to a court, you know, someone open in the corner for three or whatever the case may be. But yeah, he also has those games like today where, you know, he drives into the paint and he doesn't really look for any open shooters and he just tries to force it up. Even though I think some of the shots he did take in the paint, he didn't really force it up per se. Like he mm -hmm. did take his time and try to, you know, get like an open shot within the paint. You know, it's not all not all the shots were forced up, but still, like, you know, he does have that ton of vision at times. And that is something that he's going to have to work on, you know, as he goes deep into his career. And he knows it. I thought, oh, man. Huh? I, remember the night, I remember the night that R.J. Barrett was drafted. I was at my pops in an empty bar, and just us two watching the NBA draft. And we were, like, crying on each other's shoulders into our beers when he, he just, like, said, I'm a Nick. And he was there with his pops and he was balling. And I, I was there with my pops and I was balling. <laughs> we were like, it's a lonely bar in Dallas where no one else cared about who the Knicks were drafting. And that was our guy. And it was the first time we had someone who really, really wanted to be there in the draft. Right. Like Randall had chosen New York, but that was the first time that I can remember we had someone drafted that wanted to be there. Like who really, that's who he wanted the, the, to be chosen by. And that was a great moment. But since that time, he has had every opportunity to show us who he is. It's not like Obi, who's been buried on the bench, or IQ, who's been subbed out for Alberts. He's been starting since year one. Yeah. And he's been playing alongside veterans in the starting lineup against the best competition possible. 
and coached by Tom Thibodeau three of those seasons. I know uh, Fisdale, Mike Miller, you know, not, not the same. Right. He's a much better coach than both of them. But he's had every opportunity to have steams run for him, to have the ball in his hands, to be on ball, to play with the best four other players on the team. And he has not delivered the level that I think he should have for being a number three pick and being as heralded as he was, especially come out of high school, where he was the number one player in the country. He was over Zion at that time. And I haven't seen enough growth from him to say that's a guy that, that I want to go to bat for the next three or four years. I, I think I, I don't want him off the team. I'm not demanding him to be traded. I'm not calling him a bum. I just think that that's the position that we're going to have to improve. Like uh, Uncle Fulio said, it's that, that three position with RJ. That's the one that's going to need to be upgraded, whether it's moving him to the bench or including him in a package for that last piece we need, which is that first option superstar. Because it's not RJ Barrett. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. But he, he showed up tonight when we need him the most. He owned the Celtics. I mean, that shot with that three was unbelievable. Yeah. And that three was one of his high, that's one of his best spots on the court. And he actually leads the NBA in percentages in that left corner three spot. That he, he's, he's the most effective of any player in the NBA in that spot. So he, he knew where he needed to be. He got there, which means he had the off ball uh, understanding to move and get in his space and get to come off that pit, that curl, and get in that corner, catch the ball, and shoot with confidence. Man, more power to the kid. I love the kid, but I have to be honest with my assessment of him. I don't think he's that guy, even though I love, I love for him. You know what? I felt it was going into when I saw it, and I applauded him. But I'm going to say this. I still have a little bit of hope. I still have a little bit of hope because, because after the slow start, there was like a 20, there's been like a 24, 25 game stretch where I'm looking at his his stats and I'm like, all right, cool. He's shooting like 46% from the field. He's shooting like 39, 8% from three. And you start to look at the finishing, except especially the last couple of games. It looked like he really turned a corner when it came to finishing in the mid-range and finishing in the paint. So I thought, you know what? This is more the RJ that I really want to see. I seen the numbers starting to, to tick up. Like even when I was looking at cleaning glass the other day, it's still blue when it comes to finishing at the rim. But at this point, I think he's finishing off, off the memory 58% from the rim. And that's his highest percentage in his career so far. And hopefully it keeps climbing. So th- this still is, I still have some hope that the kid can figure it out. Um, because he is, besides this game, it's been, this game was not the best, but it's been, it's been on the uptick. So I'm not all the way out. I'm still, I'm still very, um, very hopeful. The defense though, was the other thing that's, it's kind of backsliding. Um, thank God Grimes is in the star lineup because <laughs> we wouldn't be able to deal with that all year with him guarding the best defensive guy, but we need him to step it up in those areas and hopefully you can't because we, we, like we said, we already think we are a wing away, especially these guys are going to be playing like that. All right. Yeah, facts. And I do want to say something in, um, in regard to what Lee said because, you know, he mentioned bringing in an elite wing and have RJ off the bench. If that ever happens, I know the Knicks have a championship squad because if you have RJ coming off the bench, that means your squad is crazy. Your squad is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, man. RJ has been the leader of the bench mob 
for since we've been on the nine man rotation. So I know a lot of people hate the nine man rotation, but because Cam isn't playing, but a part of reason why I don't hate it as much as other people do is because we get to see RJ in the leadership role with the bench away from the two alpha males and see how he does and see if he can groom into a guy who can be the guy. If you can be, if you can at least start to consistently be the guy on the bench, then that can translate and you can graduate to being the guy with the starters. But he hasn't done that with the bench as of yet. And I still need to see more. Um, but it is what it is. It, it, it is what it is, RJ. All right. Salute to the chat. Hold on. Let me get some. Uh, uh, did I close? The, did I close the? Here we go. Did I close it. Oh, my bad. Salute to the chat. I, I see. I see Kathy in the chat. Shout out to Kathy. Hey, you in the chat. Watching the KOT show. First lady, the KOT show. I keep saying it. First female Knicks content creator in the space. Y'all don't even know it because we was underground at the time. But shout out to my homegirl, Kathy. All right. Shout out to Uncle Fulio B. Willis. Everybody else in the chat. If you line a call in, then you already know what to do. Dial that number 319 527 6241. That's 319 527 6241. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Um, dude, I feel like I talked about everybody I wanted to talk about. Talked about Sims. Talked about. Shout out to Grimes, who's getting killed by Tatum in the first <laughs> half but somehow figured it out in the second half tatum was like oh i was scared because this is one of those times when people can go you know damn this is what you need cam because cam is taller grimes figured it out in the, in the overtime and defense he he shut tatum down at the rim a few times so you gotta yeah, you got to give his props to Grimes. I just need you to hit those clutch threes when Brunson's going to give you the ball because we need to encourage Brunson to pass the ball for a quarter. But defensively, you know, Grimes did his thing. All right. I want to talk about Jalen Brunson a little bit more. I, I didn't get a chance to unload what I wanted to say earlier. But I think it's fair that I've been a huge Jalen Brunson fan. I wanted him from the get when we were thinking about signing him. I was very happy when we did. Been on record saying he's the best signing since Allen Houston. I stand by that. I mm-hmm. think there's a chance he could surpass Allen Houston as the best signing and of the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. I think Jalen Brunson still has a ceiling to meet. And what that is in regards to the most is making his teammates better, which at this point he does not do. There's not a single player on this team that I think he makes better, that he elevates but himself. He has a tendency – and it's a bad one. And this is also on Tom Thibodeau, because if anyone's going to pull him aside and have a conversation, it's Tom Thibodeau, a guy he's known since he was eight years old. So the responsibility is on both of them. Jalen Brunson is a grown-ass man. He watches tape, too. He's a gym rat. He should know that he needs to get his teammates better involved on the offensive side, actually set up offensive sets that look for Grimes, that look for Mitch in, in the pick and roll, that look, look for Mitch in the lob, that try to find R.J. Barrett to get him going, he has a great two-man game with Julius Randle, but any two-man game between those two turns into an isolation uh, eventually. Jalen Brunson has been an unbelievable bucket, but he's been a bucket far too often that he has an assist man. And I need to see our guy be a point guard, not just not be a shooting guard in the point guard's body. And I think once he learns that, to be able to balance that line between finding his shot and getting guys going, we're going to hit another level. 
We're going to be a, a different team with a higher ceiling. And I hope he does it this season, especially before the playoffs start. Because if he does, we could be a really dangerous team no matter where we're seated. And I would love for us to have home court advantage on the back of Jalen Brunson, getting guys like Grimes and Obi and Mitch and Hartenstein more involved on the offensive side of the ball. The dude is just like way too often goes into the same traps as Julius Randle and just isos and dribbles the hell out of the ball. I just pound, 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 terrible shot caught violation, pound, 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 turnover, pound, pound, pound. It's like, dude, set up and try to find guys that are open because they're in those same spots every single time down court. The first place they get to is the most comfortable spot on the floor. Find them, get some easy going, let them get some rhythm, and then, and then find your shot once guys have a little bit of momentum behind their offensive game. But he doesn't do that. And that's between him and the coach to set him right. And I, that's where my worry comes because Joyce Randall's doing the same thing three years with Tibbs. He's still reverting to ISO and Tibbs is letting him. So I'm worried that Jalen Brunson is not going to learn that regard. And if Tibbs don't tell him, who is? Um, I'll say this. I do agree that I would like him to pass a little bit more at certain times. Also have mixed feelings about it. Um, I, I kind of mentioned earlier before, that in the fourth quarter, he set up Grimes for wide open threes, and it felt premeditated. It felt very premeditated because the same thing happened twice in a row where he got to the hole, collapsed the defense, Grimes was open on like the right elbow, and Grimes flanked, uh, I think, two or three open threes with the game on. Four. Huh? In the fourth, yeah. In the fourth. Yeah, he, he, he modified a little bit in the fourth. I agree. Right. So, I do feel with all the criticisms that are happening and, you know, some of them are justified. Uh, I do feel like they made an attempt to kind of quell that today. I'll also say, I think it's a stretch to say he hasn't made um, anybody on his team better because the team is winning more. And I also think Julius Randle would say that's, that's not true. I also say, I feel like from the minute he came in here, every person on this team have looked to Jalen Brunson as a leader. And they said that on camera. So I do feel like I, I have criticisms with his passing. Um, and I don't fault you for bringing it up, Lee. I don't. Because it's true. I feel, I still feel like he does need to pass a little bit more. But at the same time, I just seem, I feel like some of the criticisms I see are entirely overblown to the point where it's just kind of ridiculous because like you said, he has been the best signing we had since probably Allen Houston. And without a point, the point guard play that we've had, whether you think it's perfect or not, we wouldn't mean be in this position without him here. And even me, I didn't want him here because I wanted IQ to start and, Granted, IQ starting to put it up, starting to put things together now, but I give Brunson even I, I feel like IQ has been copying a lot of his game from Brunson. And yep. I feel like that's helped him. <laughs> like, so I understand, I definitely understand some of the criticisms. I feel like it's a little bit overblown. I think I hope as the year goes on, he starts to figure that part out because it is his first year being the man on the team, highest usage rate on the team. And that stuff does take getting used to. And I, I still feel good about it. I still feel good about where we are as a team, where he is. 
And I think he's going to grow. He's a guy who's never satisfied. So I feel like he's going to get better with this team as time goes on. May I respond? Sure. I, I agree with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it's it can seem overblown if you see it a whole lot on Twitter or in the chat or on the or people are calling in and saying on the show. But I'm kind of looking at it in a vacuum. Like it's just like it's my own analysis. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at other people or watching other shows and, and hearing that. It's like what I'm seeing. I think his scoring output is making the team get wins, right. but the scoring output is not making other guys around him better. I don't, I don't see him finding guys, purposefully finding guys to get them going at the start of a game. Like some of the great passers do, like SGA and Luca. Like those right. guys look to get guys going. That, that's not his game. He yeah. And he's more of a modern guard. And Jaws kind of the same way too. Even though Jaws a great passer, Jaws score first. Yeah. And, but by the, the defense that he creates, by the necessity of having to double him, triple him, trapping him, creates open opportunities for everybody else. But that's only one part of a game. Right. You also got to run teams. And that's where Tom Thibodeau, it's a connective tissue. Thibs has to have an offense in place that Jalen can run that purposefully looks for guys that need self-starting off uh, another guy to start their offense, get them involved. And that's where it's not happening. And once he does learn that, if he does, I hope he does, mm-hmm. we're going to take another step forward. Because now we're going to have guys that higher point per game like Grimes and Obi and Hartenstein. And Brunson's going to become a deadlier threat because you don't know if he's going to pass for the open guy or if he's going to get his own shot. And that's going to break down the defense even further. I agree. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Ryan. Yeah, I thought y'all was going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But, um, yeah, I think the only thing I got to add to that is I think I agree with both of y'all in different aspects. Like, I do think at times Brunson does over-dribble. And he does sometimes over dribble himself into double teams or double or over dribbles himself into, you know, issues on the court where, you know, he tries to like, you know, he might try to like, you know, bail himself out, you know, like pass the ball, you know, to like somebody open for three or whatever the case may be. And, you know, sometimes you know, you don't really want that to be the path you want to take to, you know, getting other play other players involved. Like, you know, say for example, like some of the best players in the game, like for example. Luca and players like that, like sometimes those type of players, what they'll do is like to start a game, you know, they'll look for their teammates to get their teammates going before they actually, you know, start, you know, scoring on their own and getting their buckets, you know, and Jalen Brunson, I think, does need to grow from that aspect as well. You know, like, yeah, I, I would like it if like, because I know that he's a score for, I know he's a score first point guard, you know, and and when you can get your teammates involved from early, I think that helps the, I think that helps the game overall you know, as of when it gets late into the game, because now you have more players in a rhythm so that when he gets into those isolation sets and now when he's drawing those double teams and he kicks it out to three points, like grabs, et cetera, they already have that rhythm because he was finding them early in the game and helping sustain their rhythm from early, which I think would help them to knock down some of those big shots when, you know, he finds them late in games. But overall, like, you know, he might, he might ISO too much, but at the same time, like, He's highly effective when he isos. He's really and that's good, what yeah. makes him get away with it. You know what I mean? Because he's highly effective at it. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, do, would I like him to pass the ball more? Of course I do. But at the same time, it's like I, I kind of give him a little bit of slack just because he's highly effective as an ISO player. Yeah, like he was cooking Robert Williams. It was some I I'm I don't know why his in and out seem more deadly than anybody else's in and outs. Oh, oh, my God. 
Wait, it was him. It was him who gave someone. It was him who gave someone the In and Out Burger and, and had them go the other way, right? Yeah. Oh my God. His, yeah, yo, that In and Out Burger was nasty. That In and Out probably made the nastiest In and Out in the NBA. Yo, that dude is stop start In and Out game is ridiculous. Shout out to Jalen Brunson, man. Oh man. All right. Salute to the chat, yo. Shout to everybody rock. And if you like the show so far, hit the like and subscribe button. I, I'm going to touch on very light news. And then we're going to wrap it up. Um, so interesting tidbit, you know, that I've seen recently, because you already know the Knicks trade rumors are, are swirling. And we've talked heavily about trade rumors this whole week. But this this rumor is very small. And one thing I noticed I saw was, A, the Knicks aren't, really you know keen on moving Emmanuel quickly at this point even though they were at the beginning of the season which you know makes sense because he's balling right now but the other thing i'm starting to see is there's a little mcbride hive starting to grow around the league a little bit where certain teams are starting to inquire about mcbride and they've asked the knicks about his availability and as of now the knicks aren't interested in moving mcbride or emmanuel quickly at this point um but they are looking to bolster the bench so when you're looking around okay all right cool they're looking to bolster the bench but they're not willing to move mcbride and they're not willing to move man quickly like who does that really leave so it's like you're looking at you know you're looking at Derrick Rose, who hasn't played. So, like, who's going to really want him? Cam Reddish. You know, we saw that the Knicks are looking at the Bucks to get Grayson Allen here through Cam Reddish. And while we, while we were talking about that, in my mind, it seemed kind of far-fetched that we would just give up Cam and Derrick Rose and get an actual rotational piece back, like, I feel like we have to give up more. Maybe if Knicks do that and actually get a rotational piece back, I'll be shocked, to be honest with you. And yeah, and then I don't know who else. Like, maybe it kind of had me thinking weirdly that if the thing doesn't happen with the Bucks, I'm looking at this OG thing and I'm going, is OB going to go? Like, I'm starting to feel like this OG thing... And this is me personally. I sort of feel like this OG Ananobi thing could actually happen. 100% agree. I do too. And I know Lee mentioned um, moving Obi, but I didn't think Obi would be moved by deadline, but they're looking to make a move by deadline. And if they feel like they don't want to pay OB, I don't know. I haven't heard that OB was off the table. Like, like I've heard that IQ and McBride are off the table. And McBride is somebody I thought would be, might be on the table because he hasn't hardly plays that much. So it has me thinking, could this OG thing really happen? Like I, because, because of, you know, the Knicks inquired, inquired about OG Ananobi with Toronto earlier. It was rumored that were, they were 
willing to give a, a certain amount of picks. And Toronto sucks right now, so of course they might want to blow it up. So I don't know, man. It, it's, it's weird. It might, it could happen. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh my God. He's he's on the phone. Bring him in. Wait, Let's wait, wait. go. Answer, before we bring him in, answer that. Answer that. Answer that before we bring him in. Respond. About OG? Yes. It's JJ Ellis. It's kept me up at night. It, it feels like it's going to happen. I, I don't know why. I have this gut instinct, this premonition that OG is going to be traded to the Knicks. It just it feels like the right move. I, I don't know why. It just does. I hope Obi's not. I hope Obi's not included. But I have a feeling he will be. It's it's because I because well I believe everything Ian says. That's why. <laughs> so when it's when Ian said. The Knicks looked into OG and were willing to give up stuff. And then I look and Toronto still sucks and they're most likely to make a move. I don't know. I don't know. That's where my mind is going. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And um, I don't know. As, as for me, I haven't seen Le- I haven't seen Leon pull the trigger on a big move yet. So for me, I got to see it to believe it. Understood. <laughs> Understood. I understand, too. The only thing that makes me think that he might be more motivated is because he doesn't want. I don't think the Knicks are going to want to pay everybody. And now that Eman quickly is kind of showing out, and it's his time to get paid. And then they probably look into the future, thinking about Grimes the following year. Like I feel like they might have to make financial decisions, and be, which is why they're even thinking to move Cam right now. Because because I think they, they have to also like with their one RJ injury away. Not on wood doesn't happen. RJ goes down, they have no length on the perimeter. Like, they're in trouble. They have a lot of difficulty guarding big wings if RJ gets injured. So OG gives them insurance, not just for defense, but a future trade as well. Like, now they have between Grimes, RJ, and OG, and quickly to decide how do you, which two or which one do you package along with a big to go after a big star. Exactly. So it, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it just depends on, you know, Masai is that guy where he wants to fleece you in every trade. So it's, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Who really knows? Leon, hold your ground. No more <laughs> than two first round picks. Hold your ground. You heard it from Ryan G. All right. Hold your ground. All right. Sound like from Florida. Never mind. All right. Loose in the <laughs> chat. We got a legend calling in right now. Let's go. All right. The father of the Latin assassin. The father <laughs> of the toasting and posting contributor. The father <laughs> of ESAY contributor. The father of the contributor. Father of a year, my he man. Harry Lee in his sack. And now <laughs> he's here. Introducing. Lee Pops to the program. What's up, guys? What's going on? <laughs> Am I on? Can you hear me? Yes, you are on. Yeah, we got You're you, on, sir. Okay. Good to be on. Great show, as always. <laughs> Appreciate uh, it. First, I want to start off. I got to start off about quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first came on the scene, his excitement, I loved it. But then I noticed, you know, he just didn't have much 
shot selection. Yeah. The defense was good, but the shot selection, I got really bored with that little floater. It got old. Mm-hmm. It got old. And as they were Ding up on him, back. And he wasn't making as many shots. Mm-hmm. And he was forcing shots. But right now, if Brunson has done anything, he has taught that man how to play ball. Hey, let's go. Taught that man. He's got a little juke fadeaway. Yep. He's got uh, th- that floater is a little closer. He's driving in a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a, he's a good rebounder. He crashes the boards. I always like that. And uh, most of the guys, it was a great game. It was very emotional there at the end because I was getting pissed off. You know, we're up there by winning by – what double digits with like four minutes, mm-hmm. and then I oh same old thing. But I couldn't blame it on Fizz. We were just making stupid ISO mistakes, you know. Mm-hmm. You're losing the ball. Uh, old Brunson was missing his, you know, little ISO shots that he usually makes. And I gotta agree with uh with you guys on uh, Brunson. He he dribbles a lot. He holds on to the ball a lot, but it's hard to criticize him yeah. when he makes so many shots. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's 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 a he's just a great offensive player. Uh, like Lee said, maybe he should uh, be a shooting guard. <laughs> let's get a, <laughs> let's get quickly in there or something. But um, RJ, that's another story. I really. Uh, Waiting on RJ. I'm glad he redeemed himself. Me too. Because if we'd have lost, I would have blamed it on him. I mean, he. I think at one point he was like four or seventeen. Yeah, he was horrible. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. And then he's with. He's he's the leader of the second group. And I'm not seeing him pass the ball. When he gets the ball, he's holding on to the ball. That's a fact. And I've never seen. I've never seen a black dude get blocked so many times. You know, that, that shooting deserved for the white guy. You know, they try to drive to the hoop and they get smacked out. This guy, last last game, he got like four blocks. So then I saw another two or three got blocked. I mean, what's up with that? He has no elevation. I don't know, man. But I, can I ask you a personal question? Up. Cassio person, but he person. did redeem himself with that three and the and the clutch free throws and Randall. I mean, not enough can be said about Randall. Randall is the heart of the team. Yes, I mean this guy has to play every day in all aspects of the game: defense, and rebounding, and uh, offense. I mean, he's great. This guy was knocking down threes. He's driving through the hoop. Those posterizing people. Absolutely. It was great. Can I can I ask you a personal and, uh, question? That's all I can say. I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I need yeah. to ask you a personal question. I need to ask you an inside family question. Okay. Because we got you here. This is the first pops we had of, 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 of a panel Let's member go. on the show. All right. Since Lee has been here, right? He, one thing has been very clear. Lee loves, uh, to debate, all right, <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Wakes up to debate, goes to sleep, debate, goes to the bathroom. Pretty sure he's debating in the bathroom. This man is debating, he's the great debater. He's a master. De- Never mind, Lee loves to debate. Right? <laughs> Do you and Lee get into it 
when talking <laughs> basketball at home. After that, we we we, we get into, we get in the call after that. Oh my god! <laughs> Do we get into it at home on basketball? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay, I got, I got a little kind of bad reception, but uh, not too much. I'm on basketball, especially uh, not so much on the Knicks. Okay, we seem to agree a lot on the Knicks. Gotcha. On other teams, yeah, like during the playoffs, you know, like I think a couple of years I was thinking that Phoenix was the team to beat, and mm-hmm. he called the Bucks, and the Bucks won it all. I thought, okay, he was right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when it comes to other teams, when it comes to the Knicks, we're pretty, uh, uh, pretty you aligned. Know, union. Gotcha. Agreed. Feelings. Got it, got but, it. Uh, even, even on Sibs, if, if I called in every game, you'd be hearing the same thing. Five or six. <laughs> Five or six. <laughs> But that's you know, that's where he gets it from. That's where I'll get it. Something I want to say. <laughs> something I want to say about RJ. I, I think, I think if RJ had some him on the team, he could learn from him, just like quickly has. You mm. know, quickly his game has gotten better because of Brunson. Yeah. RJ is stagnant. I haven't seen any improvement. If anything, I think he's uh, might have taken a step back. But if he had somebody, if we had a great player at that three position, he would probably mm-hmm. learn a lot, become a better player. If he has it in him. If not, then he's just a bust. Right. That's all. I heard you, heard you. Well, Ooh, thanks for calling well, in. I appreciate you, man. You, I appreciate you guys. All right. Take care. That was classic. (laughs) Laugh at the end. (laughs) That was classic, man. I think RJ has gotten a little better. I still feel like he's he is taking certain things from Brunson's game. It's just IQ just took to it way faster. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have noticed that RJ's pacing has changed. Like. For years, RJ would go to the basket and his move was full speed ahead. Uh layup left hand. Full speed ahead, layup left hand. Or he'll go to like a Euro step. This time this season, I, I I've noticed that he's doing more of a like uh like a little bit more pivoting, a little bit more jump stops. I even saw him straight up. Take uh, Brunson's rip through move. You know that rip through move Brunson does when he goes to the hole, where he goes from left to right and then flings his yeah. arm. And then I actually notice him starting to do that. So I think he is trying stuff from Brunson. And I think, you know, his finishing in the rim has been better because of it, but it, it just hasn't all the way come together yet. And you know what? Today, they, it sounds like a shot blocker in there, so it changes things from yesterday. You know, so, I mean, no, Jerry Allen was there yesterday, and he still was able to go. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's all I have to say. It feels like IQ and Grimes have progressed at a quicker rate than RJ yeah. with less opportunity because uh, both of them, for the majority of the time they've been here, all of last season, both of them were bench players. This season, Grimes is finally starting – and I, I've seen more of a rapid increase in production on both sides of the ball 
from ITU and Grimes. I, th- I don't want to say they have higher ITU because I think RG has a, a pretty high ITU uh, on both sides of the ball too. But I just feel like the ITU and Grimes might have like some more potential. And RJ really, really has the work at getting better at different facets of a game. Yeah. I think IQ and Grimes are a little more naturally skilled offensively and athletically to get a little bit better um, uh, as players. So I actually think both of them will be a better player than RJ in about three years. Mm. Well, I think the only thing I'm going to add to this is just – I just think RJ took a step back on defense a bit. You know, he. I, I think he has. He's not as good as he's not as good of a defender as he was in years past. Mm-hmm. But even then, like even tonight, I I thought he played pretty decent defense. Like I, tonight, I didn't think he played bad defense. So it's in him to play good defense. It's just a matter of him being more consistent. But offensively, I agree with Jay Ellis. Like I do think he has taken steps offensively, especially with driving to the basket. Because now, like you know, like Jay Ellis said. In the past, when RJ used to drive to the basket, it used to just be one-way traffic. You know, he would just it would, it would he would just go one speed and yeah. straight to the basket and finish one way. But now he's actually taking his time as he goes into the lane. And I've seen him like, and I've seen his shot selection kind of um advance a bit. You know, when he's within the paint, like he's not just going straight to the basket. You know, like he's taking his time getting into the into the lane. You know, taking short jumpers. You know little floater here and there, finishing in different ways. So I do think he has improved in that aspect. Yeah, I, I agree with Lee as well. Like, I do think IQ and Grimes took, took bigger jumps compared to RJ, but RJ has improved. It's just a matter of RJ actually, like, like JLS said, like, it's a matter of RJ just putting it all together. You know, he's yet to do that, but there, there, there has been little improvement with RJ, though, this season. Yeah, yeah I agree. I see somebody says, I think RJ should lose 10 pounds. I've seen that theory around, like, maybe he, he's in this good defensively because he's been working on getting stronger, and it's slowed him down some, and that's affecting his defense. I've seen that theory floating around. So, I don't know, maybe that could be it. Uh, it's, 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 you know, muscle is a catch-22. You get stronger, you bully people, but you get slower at the same time. So it's a catch twenty two. So I mean, and this is a good yeah. point. That could be a, a legit reason why the defense hasn't been. Not a workout That man muscular, and he still got the speed. <laughs> True. Oh, he needs to go to that Julius Randle workout plan because that dude's muscular, but he still got the speed though. Yeah, man. Some <laughs> of Dallas, man. That's where he's working out, Randall. Some people. Summer. Some people just freak athletes. Like Zion is, is probably the, the perfect example. Like that dude is huge, all muscle should not be moving like that. Like, I yeah. still remember when Stat, remember when Stat put on 10 pounds of muscle when he was with the Knicks that one year, and he just sucked for, like, the first 20 games until he lost the weight, <laughs> and then he, like, got a lot of his athleticism back. I don't know. It could be it. Uh, going off on a random-ass tangent, but, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's our show, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, if you like the show so far, uh, hit the like and subscribe button. We showed Sims love, right? Did we show him enough? I see Fritz says we didn't show Sims love. Did we show him enough love? Maybe we didn't show him enough? Yeah, I don't think we showed him enough love, but we did mention Sims, though. <laughs> okay. He's been solid as a starter. He's done a good job. Yeah. I. Th- you know what? The Knicks lose the rebounding battle. Altogether, 55 to 64. That was one of the things that had us kind of climbing uphill for most of the game. But 
Jericho Sims has done a very good job rebounding today. 14 rebounds on a night for them offensive. Got some fouls I thought were kind of fugazi, but um, I thought he did an admirable job of, of filling in. And you you know what? I love that he's starting over Hartenstein. And the man just needs to be in a rotation once Mitch gets back. It's just... Unless Hartenstein all of a sudden just shows me something. I don't know. Hartenstein had a hell of a game the other day. And he outperformed Sims that game. But overall, I would like to see Sims just play more minutes in general. Sims 35 minutes tonight. Hartenstein 17 on the night. And shoot, even sometimes talking about Obi at certain moments, you know, Hardenstein had an okay game where he had some nice passes, but sometimes I'm I just be like, maybe we just go Randall at the five and Obi at the four today if Hardenstein is going to act up. You know what I mean? Like even in the even in the future, if Hardenstein is gonna do some dumb stuff and not rebound the ball and get quick fouls, just go Obi at the four. And ran to the five per stretch. Get him to 20 something minutes that game. Nah, that's just me. All right. I think everybody's tired. So let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Shout out to the chat. Uh man child Alexander. Gil uh please pops in the chat, repping old school. People who haven't been here for a while, welcome. We hear every every after every post-game show, win or lose, rain and shine. All right, Salir Ukar, everybody rock with the show. If you like so like the show, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. But um let's wrap it up. And we'll start it off with Lee. Lee, let me know where you can find you, sir. Shout out Kathy. Shout out our mods. Shout out the best mod in the game, Fritz, yes, who does a hell of a job. Uh maintain the chat. We had like 105 in the chat during the, the peak of the show, man. Nice. That's that's awesome. Channel. Awesome to see for for us guys here chatting it up and talking to Nits after the game. Shout out to my pops for raising me a Nits fan, introducing me to the game and mm-hmm. the orange and blue. So happy to be here with my guys. Shout out Ryan, smartest Nits fan I know. Jay Ellis, second smartest Nits fan I know. The best debater I've ever met in basketball. <laughs> Man, I really do. I could debate you all day, bro. I just, <laughs> you don't understand. Sometimes I just pit fights just to debate you, man. I love it, dude. <laughs> it's so you much like, fun. Look what I do with like, like what I do with Ryan <laughs> back in the day. It's just so much. Like, Ryan doesn't have the personality to like to engage and like debate. You do. Like you, you got buttons I can push, and you know how to push my buttons. I just love going after you, bro. It's so much fun. It's at Christmas every day when I when I'm with you on Twitter, man. <laughs> it's far as hell, man. It's awesome. Uh, hey, I, I love this team. I, I love talking about Nets after a game. And you know what? Number one shout out. My number one shout out today, Tom Thibodeau, bro. Thank you for not turning the game away. You, you got my respect and my love tonight. Uh, Find me on Twitter. What? That's how I was saying. All right. I was. I was oh yeah. Was Find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo, L E E E S C L B E D L. You'll probably see the notifications going off tomorrow. Ryan, me and JL is getting into it. But for now, <laughs> we're all friends and homies. <laughs> don't don't sleep on Ryan. Ryan got some fire. Some I'm waiting to debate Ryan. You was all. You was here when you heard him say, "Shut up." All right, you was here. Ryan had some fire. Just people, <laughs> People, people don't know Ryan like I know Ryan. 
<laughs> I just never disagree with Ryan. It's hard to debate. Yeah. I mean, Ryan just never disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Disagree with uh, Ryan one good time because old KOT episodes, me and Ryan got into it a few times. You definitely, like, definitely yeah. did. Oh. Shout out to Kathy using the chat. She would usually be the one instigating between me and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Ryan, let him know where they can find you, sir. Well, first and foremost, I'll say this. I'm glad y'all will be debating tomorrow morning because I'll be at work reading the responses on my phone. They can't keep me entertained as I'm, as I'm working. So I'm glad I'm glad for that. So you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can, you can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I'm so hyped about this Knicks win is because whenever the Knicks win on TNT, that forces Shaq oh, and Chuck to actually talk positively about the I can't believe I went the whole show and didn't mention the TNT stuff. I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. I can have a whole nother show talking about how Shaq doesn't even know that Julius Randolph. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like Julius Bruh pick for the day Bruh Oh yeah I forgot Whose mans is this Whose mans is this man Yo but but Yo yeah Shaq whose mans is this But also I got a RJ Brad deserve whose mans is this as well Because my man threw up a layup Robert Wills was in the paint My man <laughs> RJ got scared oh my And God. threw a layup and my man and went over the damn backboard. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Kevin discover who bans is this for that? He redeemed himself. On he redeemed himself. Television. But, but that was definitely a who's bans is this moment, though. National yeah. Television RG did that, yo. I'm glad you hit that three, bro. I'm really <laughs> glad you hit that three because it was looking bad for you. It was looking like, real bad. <laughs> huh? You're right. Man. I, and I also want to give a brother Reggie Miller. You know what? Reggie Miller's been giving us comp- he gave us a lot of compliments. I'm not gonna lie. He gave us a lot of compliments most of the night. He's bigging up the, the, the second unit Miles McBride and those guys. But there was a portion of the sec it was a portion when they they listed all the all-stars. And they and they go, Oh wow, the Knicks should really have two all-stars in today. They have Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Who on this list would you take out? I don't know. This is a tough one. And I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, there's not that tough, all right? If you're talking about guards, he would take off of Brunson. I'm looking at Trey Young, all right, who's having a career low bad season. And I'm looking at Halliburton, whose team is not even in the playoff spot right now, and the Knicks are in six. Bruh. Like, come on, come on, son. Play the sound bite. Play the sound <laughs> bite. Sound bite queued up for this. <laughs> I keep saying this: Brunson over Halley, man. Brunson over Halley every day. Word to Wally: Brunson over Halley. All right. Ending the show now. That's it. All right. <laughs> All right. That's our show. I'm going to let you know where to go after this. All right. Follow us on Twitter at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick and Tom Show on Instagram, the Nick and Tom Show on Facebook as well. All right. 
Also, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to the podcast. KOT Show is there. So go there. Get those snapbacks, black and white, blue and orange at the nicktimeshow.com slash catalog. That is the nicktimeshow.com slash catalog. All y'all do is go to nicktimeshow.com, hit catalog. It's a button at the top. And all the merch pops up. So definitely support that way as well. All right. All right. That is our show. Uh, shout out to FUBU TV as well. Fill your link in the, in the description. All right. As always, you already know the drill. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets and in Boston right now. They're in shambles losing in overtime to the Knicks. Come on now. That's our show. We out this month. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.